It is Friday, January 7th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 18 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared, after all the time that we have spent podcasting and, you know, less time doing the video thing, but still a decent amount of time with that, we both have had this blue Draft Shark sweatshirt for a while. This is the first time. It's probably surprising, actually. This is the first time that we've showed up in team gear together. I've been wearing this thing like four days a week for the past couple months. I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened yet. (laughs) <laughs> I guess maybe I've just been uh, going through the catalog of sweatshirts more often lately. But yeah, I- I've had this one on for probably a few days now. It's, probably, it's, it's good that this is not in smell vision uh, I'm guessing. But either way, we're both flying the team colors. We're here for one more DFS podcast to close out the season. And we're going to start with DraftKings as usual. Jared Cash for QB, what do you want to play? Yeah, I'm going to go Taysom Hill here, who is our top value at the position. He's going to easily be our top value if Jimmy Garoppolo plays for San Francisco and knocks Trey Lance out of consideration. I do think Trey Lance is a fine play too. If you want to save the 700 bucks, uh, you know, if, if Garoppolo doesn't play, but um, you know, Taysom Hill, we, we know he's going to give us the rushing um, good matchup here against Atlanta. He Hill played Atlanta twice last season, two of his, I think it was four starts last season came against Atlanta. He had 465 yards passing and two touchdowns in those two games plus 132 rushing yards and two more touchdowns. Uh, the, the, and the Falcons this year are you know, j- just as bad on defense. They're 30th right now in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I do think that Trey Lance is the other guy. If he's starting, we'll see where Jimmy Garoppolo is at after today's practice. But there have been positive reports on his passing this week. So, you know, we'll see. QB 10 last week for Trey Lance. Um, if he is not the guy and you don't want to get all the way up to 6,200 for Taysom Hill, I think other cheaper pivots are Mac Jones at 5,400 against the Dolphins, who reminded us last week that they're not actually that good on defense, even though, you know, A.J. Brown let me down in that game. Everybody else, I think, in a Titans uniform scored. Andy Dalton, 5,300 against the Vikings. Not super attractive, but it's a it's an upside matchup for passing and a good price. And Tyler Huntley, 5,700 against the Steelers. That's another one where there's downside. Uh, especially if the Steelers defense gets up for this game. And, you know, that group is maybe a reason to try to get up to 6,200 to pay for Taysom Hill. So I certainly agree with him as a foundational cash QB this week. No, I I like the Huntley call. Um, I think if I was going cheaper, I'd rather just play Case Keenum for 4,800 bucks than than Mac Jones and Andy Dalton. I mean, it's it's not exciting, but you know, forty eight hundred bucks, and you're, pr- you're probably going to get some Bengals backups in that game. So you know, Keenum probably wouldn't kill you in cash. Yeah, I, I agree that he's at least similar to Andy Dalton, if not also similar to Mac Jones. GPP side, what are you favoring? I'm going with the big boys in GPP with Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. Um, I'll have to watch, keep an eye on the weather in Buffalo. I'm already seeing that there might be some wind issues there, so we'll we'll see. Check on that on Sunday morning, but you know. 
Josh Allen and the Bills, you know, no motivation concerns here. They still need to win this game to, to lock up the AFC East and get that first round home playoff game. Um, and he gets the, the Jets. You know, the Bills have the second highest implied total on the main slate at 29 points. The Jets are 29th in adjusted points allowed to quarterback. So just a, an ideal spot for, for Josh Allen and the Bills offense. Yeah, we'll talk about the weather a little bit on the FanDuel podcast as well in Buffalo. I Kyler Murray is going to be my favorite here. 7,400 against Seattle. The Seahawks are mid-pack in both fantasy points allowed and adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. 27th in overall defensive DVOA, though. Not a good defense, and especially against the pass, 28th in that category. So a nice spot for Kyler Murray. And in his five games since returning from injury, he has finished QB two, QB 10, QB 16, QB six, QB four. So he's done fine. Even with Deandre Hopkins getting lost Mm -hmm. along the way. I also like the stacking options with Kyler Murray this week. Christian Kirk at 6,000 is third among wide receivers in our DK dollars per point projections at that uh, position. Zach Ertz at 5,300. You know, that's kind of a high price for a tight end on DraftKings. He's still fifth mm-hmm. among tight ends in our DK dollars per point, And all four guys ahead of him cost 4K or less. So Earth is a nice value among tight ends this week, even at that kind of elevated price. Yeah, and no other concerns in that game. That game's in Arizona, so that's always nice. Um, the, the Cardinals have the third highest implied total on the main slate at 27.25. And that, that game has easily the highest over-under on the main slate at, at 48 points. That's like the only game I'm kind of interested in like fully stacking up and I don't even love the Seahawks side but I, I do think you know you can you can obviously play either of their wide receivers I think as a run back on that Kyler team yeah that's a nice thing is even if it doesn't excite you you're like it is DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett yeah. I don't have to make up the story where they're productive here especially after Metcalf's last week yeah, and Lockett has owned the Cardinals his last three games against Arizona have been have been big Yes, we'll certainly be talking more game stacking for that game because I like it as well. But we'll move on now to running back where Jonathan Taylor, even though he's $9,300, leads our DK dollars per point in uh, in our projections. Yeah, not a not a must play because, again, I think there are – you know, I have I have six running backs here I think you can play in cash. I do have Taylor in my current cash game lineup, though. It, it requires a cheap tight end to kind of get him in there. Um, you know, you don't really need to make the argument for Jonathan Taylor. The, the two guys I think are definitely in my cash game lineup – David Montgomery at 6,800 bucks, um, you know, just 18.4 carries and 6.6 targets over the last five games. So he's just still too cheap for the volume he's been getting. And then kind of same deal with Sony Michelle at $6,000. Tough matchup here against San Francisco. Um, they're second in football outsiders run defense DVOA. I mean, we just saw Michelle in a tough on-paper matchup against the Ravens last week, and he scored 18.9 DraftKings points because he got 19 carries and five targets. That's, you know, about the level of work he's been getting over the last five weeks. And I'm not worried about Cam Cam Akers. Um, It does sound like he's going to be active on Sunday, but I think he gets, you know, three to five touches. Yeah, cursory work I would project there as well. And you you can play a workhorse at 6,000 bucks regardless of his matchup, especially in an offense with as much upside as they have. The only argument against Jonathan Taylor, I think, is that Cooper Cup is at 9,700. It's going to be nearly impossible to put both of them in a cash matchup. But I think for the second straight week, there's a bigger gap between Jonathan Taylor and the next running back in value and Cooper Cup and the next wide receiver in our dollars per point for DraftKings, despite the full PPR. So, you know, if I'm choosing between them, it's probably a slight lean toward Jonathan Taylor. I do like the cheaper options at running back. Four of the next six running backs behind Taylor are 6K or less. And you've mentioned a couple of them. I I think Chase Edmonds is a little too iffy for cash after missing Wednesday and Thursday practice. We'll see about his Friday status. Sony Michelle, you know, does have a bad matchup. So, I, I am considering that in making the choice for who I play. The other two guys, though, 
Uh, Elijah Mitchell, I think, is usable if he's active. He started the week mm-hmm. not practicing, but returned for a limited practice Thursday. And we saw last week that even if he looks questionable injury-wise heading in, if he's ready to play in the game, San Francisco's probably going to go with him as the clear lead back. And then Devin Singletary looks good against the Jets. Top scoring matchup in the league for running backs. And Singletary has topped 20 carries in two of the past three games. And the game in between, he had six targets. So he's leading that backfield, dominating the work. And he has now scored on the ground in three straight games, which I didn't think was going to happen in Devin Devin Singletary's (laughs) career. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting with Michelle Mitchell and Singletary all being priced exactly $6,000. I'll be curious to see how the ownership shakes out, uh, you know, between those three guys for tournaments. Um, but I, I do think they're all in play for cash. The sixth guy I have here as an option is Najee Harris, um, who's, you know, kind of in between JT and these, you know, $6,000 guys, but Harris is, as, this is as cheap as he's been since week six at $7,200. And we know the volume has been there uh, for him all season. So I think he's in play. If you, you know, if you want that stud back and, and you want to save $2,000, you know, by coming off of Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And the only reason he's down is because their big, his big game came on Monday night and this Baltimore matchup is absolutely not scary for anything at this point. So yeah. Yeah. Like Najee Harris is a bet on the GPP side. I'm sure you agree with DeAndre Swift being a nice mm-hmm. option at 5,900 bucks. I do. Yeah. And I'm curious. That's another guy. I want to see where the ownership comes in on him. I got to imagine. I mean, he, he wasn't very popular last week. I think he came in around like 10% in the tournaments I played. I think he'll be lower than that this week because, you know, he only got four carries and three targets last week, but he was on the field a ton. He played 57% of the Lions offensive snaps. Um, and he's off the injury report this week with the shoulder. So that really shouldn't be a concern anymore. I mean, I think there's still some risk that he, he sees limited touches again. So like I would not consider him in cash. But I think if you're getting, you know, $5,900 DeAndre Swift at, you know, sub 10% ownership in a tournament, and if he does get, you know, 20 touches, which I think is possible, you know, I think that's an awesome play. He dominated passing down work for the Detroit running backs last week, 28 routes versus nine total for the other two running backs who played in that game. So, yeah, the touches just don't show the role that he played in that game that was entirely lopsided. So probably didn't give a very good look for what they might've wanted to do with Deandre Swift, as you mentioned off the injury report. So that's not a concern and neither are the Packers this week because they have nothing to play for. So it sounds like they're going to play starters for some amount of time, but they're clearly not going to be playing to win this game necessarily. So it's a, a solid to good matchup for Swift. Definitely. Are we fading Jonathan Taylor here, by the way, or scared to do so? I mean, I don't, he's not going to be super chalky just because the price. Um, so I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll look to get some Jonathan Taylor in my tournament lineups. Um, I do think Alvin Kamara is interesting in tournaments as well. Um, you know, he gets the Atlanta matchup. But I, it's just a good spot for the Saints offense. I want to see about Mark Ingram. Um, Ingram was limited on Wednesday and then did not practice on Thursday. He, you know, he's been cutting into Kamara's volume a decent amount when, when, when he, when Ingram's been healthy. So I'll, I'll get off Kamara if Ingram ends up playing, but if not, um, I think if, you know, Kamara is getting 90% of the backfield work against Atlanta, um, I, what I expect to be low ownership, you know, being um, kind of, you know, squeezed in between the $6,000 backs and Jonathan Taylor, I think uh, Kamara is an interesting tournament play. I wonder if Dalvin cook is going to go overlooked as well. $1,500 cheaper than Jonathan Taylor facing the bears defense. That's 20th in run defense DVOA versus the Jaguars who are 21st, which is Jonathan Taylor's matchup 28 carries against the bears three weeks ago. Dalvin cook didn't do anything big in that one, but we certainly know that he's capable 
of big games when he, you know, at times he had that huge game on Thursday night against the Steelers. It's definitely worth noting that that game against the Steelers is the only time among his past six games that Dalvin Mm -hmm. Cook has actually been above four yards per carry. So he hasn't been playing great. Minnesota's certainly not an exciting offense right now, but it would not shock anybody if Dalvin Cook has a big game if they give it to him 20 plus times again. Yeah, definitely. I like that call. Um, the last guys I wanted to mention, you mentioned in briefly, there's the, the Cardinals running backs. I just want to see who who's going to play here. I mean, it seems like Connor's healthier than Edmonds at this point. Like you said, Edmonds has not practiced yet this week. Connor has been limited on Wednesday and Thursday. So we'll see how that shakes out. I mean, if we get Connor without Edmonds, you know, I think Connor becomes a top 10 running back on the week and a nice value at 6,300 on DraftKings. Yeah, and Seattle has toughened up in run defense lately, but they're, they've are they been a great scoring matchup because they allow so much volume, both rushing and receiving, the league's most uh, running back receptions. So, I mean, if Edmonds is there, it seems like a better matchup for Edmonds than Connor mm-hmm. if they're both healthy. But if one or the other is healthy, then it's certainly a fine spot for either guy. For sure. Wide receiver for cash, we got to start with the expensive guy as well, Cooper Cup. The obvious starting point. If you don't go Jonathan Taylor, I think he's central yep. to your plans. Um, but he is $400 more than Jonathan Taylor. Like I said, a bigger gap at running back than there is at wide receiver. So, Jared, are you playing Cooper Cup? It doesn't sound like it because you said Taylor's in your current cash lineup. Yeah, I'm playing Taylor over Cup right now. Um, that, that might change if the Niners are missing those two corners that are on the COVID list. If they end up not playing on Sunday, that, I might um, you know pivot from Taylor to Cup. We'll see. I, I do think there are sh- other strong options uh, for cheaper at wide receiver, uh, Christian Kirk first at $6,000, 30 targets over the last three weeks for Christian Kirk. That's sixth most among wide receivers. Uh, you know, I think he's going to continue to be one of the focal points of that passing game without DeAndre Hopkins. Chase Claypool at 5100 bucks. He's, you know, he's priced as if Deontay Johnson is still playing this week, and he's not. And Deontay Johnson leaves behind 10.6 targets per game. Deontay Johnson missed week three, and Chase Claypool had 15 targets in that game. He caught nine of them for 96 yards, and he gets this Ravens matchup that you know we've been attacking with quarterbacks and wide receivers for a while now. So I, I like those two guys for, for cash. I agree with both of those. I also think that Claypool's teammate, James Washington, is in play because he's 3700 bucks in that same matchup with the Ravens, who are number two in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers on the year. And Washington has five games this season of five-plus targets, which is you know not impressive volume, but we'll take that in a $3,700 receiver. He's been over 80% playing time when either Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool is out. And certainly, losing Deontay Johnson is a better... Uh, upside play for remaining Steelers receivers than losing Chase Claypool because Deontay Johnson's the one that we know is getting a bunch of targets. The Steelers third in the league in pass attempts overall. So we like the chance of passing volume there. So I think both of those Steelers wideouts are in play. And I think, you know, if you're looking for somebody really cheap who might give you something that helps you fit in other things, both Mike Thomas and Trent Taylor at 3000 bucks, I think are in play as cash options for the Bengals. I don't think that they carry enough upside to be, attractive for GPP building, but I think for cash, you could see either guy catch, you know, four passes for 40 to 50 yards. Yeah. I think if you want to try to fit in cup and Taylor that, you know, you can consider one of those Bengals wide receivers, if that helps you do it. Gabriel Davis is another guy I'm going to consider for cash, assuming Emmanuel Sanders is out and Sanders has not yet practiced this week. Um, but de- definitely Davis for GPPs. If Sanders is out um, again, we'll have to see about the weather in Buffalo. Um, Justin Jefferson, I think, is going to overlook kind of the same deal you talked about with his teammate, Delvin Cook. I just think if people are going to pay up a wide receiver, it's going to be for Cooper Cup. 
Um, Jefferson, you, you save what, $1,600. He has Kirk Cousins back this week, obviously big. Adam Thielen is, is out. And in Jefferson's last four games with Cousins and with Thielen either out or, or leaving early, Jefferson has averaged 12.8 targets, seven and a half catches, 106 yards, and 0.75 touchdowns. Yeah, that's that's kind of upside you're working with this week. Probably going to have a huge game now that my main event season is done and I'm not benefiting from exactly. it. So, so um, play him and you can at least be happy for that. <laughs> there you go. I might have to. GPP side, I think the Steelers guys are also interesting here. I think that they have you know the upside to also be attractive for tournament lineups. My favorite path, though, is the Cardinal stack. We already talked about pretty much all the guys. I mean, I like Christian Kirk at 6,000, even if you're not playing Kyler Murray. The Seattle defense is 27th in pass DVOA, 8th against the run. Second in PPR points allowed to running back. So you mentioned those guys. I mentioned the pass catching. Chase Edmonds could be a stack here if he's in there. James Conner could be a stack if Chase Edmonds is out. So I like that whole game. We talked, you know, we touched on the Seattle wideouts. And then Mike Evans is one more guy that I wonder if he's going to go overshadowed. 7100 bucks, so a good price, not the kind that makes him a screaming buy. Based on DFS drafting in both underdog and drafters so far this week, you know, a few drafts in each, it looks like he's not getting as much attention as I would expect him to, given his situation. I mean, the Bucs are basically missing their whole backfield. It might be yep. Keyshawn Vaughn and Le'Veon Bell. So a chance that they can't run the ball in this game. It's a bad matchup for Rob Gronkowski in coverage. So there's a chance that he doesn't get anything going. And it's a good coverage matchup for Mike Evans, made better by the fact that Carolina's best corner, Stephon Gilmore, Already had a groin injury. Now he's on the COVID list. So he's going to miss this game. So I think Mike Evans looks to me like a solid bet for 10 plus targets in this game. He could really just blow up. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, he, he, he has, he has three touchdown upset every time he's on the field. I have Evans down here as a tournament target too. Um, you know, Carolina has fared well in terms of like fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, but you know, we, we've talked about it all season. They've struggled against number one wide receivers. Uh, Football outsider says them 26th in coverage against number one wideouts and they've allowed the eighth most yards per game to opposing number one wideouts. So, and like you said, with Stefan Gilmore out, um, it's a you know fine individual matchup for Mike Evans. So I like that call a lot. I like an AJ Brown, Brandon cooks, mini stack. Um, I, I think that game has some shootout potential you know, neither pass defense is good. Um, it's indoors, which you always like this time of year. And you know, just both those guys individually are, are nice plays. You know, AJ Brown has three games of 30 plus DraftKings points this season. He's, done very little outside of those three games, but you know, he's, he's once again, shown us that massive ceiling and Brandon cooks in his last three games with Davis mills, 10.7 targets, 7.3 catches, 90 yards, and one touchdown per game. He's been really good with Davis mills. And again, um, you know, it's a good matchup for cooks against that Titans secondary. Yes. I have definitely been eyeing that mini stack as well. So I like those two players together over to tight end. And I'm starting with Zach Ertz at 5,300, even though it's a high price for a tight end. We'll see when I'm actually building a lineup how well it fits. But, I mean, the matchup is just too good. And I'll talk more about that at another spot. If I need more savings, I think Pat Fryermuth at 4,600 is attractive. $700 less, so that gives you some lineup building flexibility. You know, like I said, great matchups for both. Pat Fryermuth gets the Ravens here. And then ultimately, if I can't get to either of those guys and also fit in what else I want. Then Cole Komet at 3,400 is kind of that safety net. He leads our DK dollars per point, not exciting, but a solid play here. And I think there's some further upside to the Minnesota matchup. If Eric Kendricks doesn't make it off the COVID list for this game. Yeah. I, w- I would love to play Zach Ertz in cash um, 11, 13 and nine targets over his last three games. Um, 
But, you know, if you want to play Taylor or Cup and you don't want to, you know, punt at one of those wide receiver spots with a bangle, this is kind of the spot you have to go super cheap. Um, I have I have John Bates in my cash lineup right now um, at $3,000. I would like to get up to Cole Komet, and I you know probably could if I make some other changes. But um, I think John Bates is viable with Ricky Seals-Jones out. We know Logan Thomas is out. And we've seen all season, you know, Washington has used just one guy at tight end. And, you know, Bates is all that's left at this point. And Washington tight ends have averaged a little over six targets per game. They've seen 18% of the team's targets. So I think, you know, four to six targets out of Bates is a fair projection and for 3000 bucks in cash, I'll, I'll take it. I don't know. I think I might rather go Mike Thomas at 3000 and then be able to get my $5,300 Zach Ertz here. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's worth messing around with. I think I, you know, to me, you're sacrificing more upside by going, you know, with the, the cheap wide receiver than you are at a cheap tight end. Yeah. I guess it depends on the particular players that you're weighing against each other, but certainly possible. GPP yep. side, I think it's certainly easier to uh, justify playing Zach Ertz or Pat Fryermuth, yep. who is also priced above some of those other guys. This is where I'll also consider Hunter Henry at 4000 bucks. Miami is 29th in tight end coverage DVOA. The fantasy numbers have not been big in recent weeks from tight ends against Miami, but the efficiency has been terrific. Two touchdowns by Titans tight ends last week against the Dolphins. Six catches on six targets in that game. The past three weeks, we've seen 13 catches on 14 targets against Miami. In the past five weeks, tight ends are catching 83% of their targets against the Dolphins. So it's a good spot for Henry if the Patriots decide to give him the ball. And his target share has been pretty good over the past three weeks, about 18% over that span. Yeah, I like Henry. I like Fryermuth a lot. Um, you know, he... He almost feels a bit overpriced at 4,600 bucks, but yeah, he might keep his ownership down. And you know, we we know it's a great matchup, and no Deontay Deontay Johnson gets some uh, better target projection. The other guy I'll consider for tournaments is Dawson Knox, who I just think has you know at, as much touchdown upside. You know, I don't know, maybe Mark Andrews and Gronkowski beat Knox in touchdown upside, but outside of that, you know, I think he um, again in this game against the Jets, and he's only 5,400 bucks. You know, he's he's just above Zach Ertz. Ertz definitely safer, but I think you know Knox beats Ertz pretty easily in upside. Zach Ertz already has an eight catch for 88 yards and two touchdowns game against the team that he's playing this week. I don't think Dawson Knox beats him on ceiling. That's fair. I mean, I don't know. I just player wise, I, I don't think of Ertz as an upside guy. But I guess if you're seeing 10 targets a game, anyone can put up 20 DK points. Story of his career. That's why he had to bleach his hair this summer, Jared, just to get people to pay attention <laughs> to him. But it's, uh, it's not working. They they sent him down the river, and the folks down the river picked him <laughs> up and gave him big numbers to finish out the year. So, I mean, that honestly, Zach Ertz being $100 cheaper is what's going to keep me from playing any Dawson Knox, but I certainly agree with the upside in general on him. Yeah, we'll see. The, I mean, I think Ertz will be pretty popular, and Knox won't be. But if you know that's not the case, and I think Ertz is a, is a fine tournament play. On defense, the $2,600 Browns against yep. Brandon Allen stand out pretty easily. I think the only problem with them is that they're probably going to be pretty chalky. Yeah, they should be. I think they will be. I don't care in cash. That'll be my cash game defense. You know, the, the Browns are just priced as if they're facing the Bengals starters, and they're not going to be. Cincinnati has a 16-point implied total now. It's fourth lowest on the main slate. So I do think they're going to be super chalky. You know, that, that makes them an easy fade for me. In tournaments, especially this week, there are actually quite a few defenses I like. I mean, obviously, there's the expensive defenses and good matchups. Those are always good plays if you can get up there. Um, but Washington is just 3100 bucks against Jake Fromm and the Giants. Uh, Washington actually comes in as our second best dollars per point value at defense. So I like them. Minnesota gets Andy Dalton and the Bears. They're just $2,900. Even though if you want to go super cheap, I think the Lions at 2400 bucks. I mean, we don't know exactly how much. Rodgers and Jordan Love we're going to see you know what the split's going to be so I you know I 
wouldn't go there in cash, just you know, pay the extra two hundred for the Browns. But in, in tournaments, I think Detroit for twenty four hundred bucks is is interesting. Yeah, I mean, we could even get a, a big first half from Aaron Rodgers and still get a big second half for the Detroit defense from yep. Jordan Love. So yeah, I, I'm fine with the tournament play of the Lions there. And I agree with Minnesota being a spotlight defense here at twenty nine hundred bucks against Andy Dalton. The high end option I like is the Colts for thirty eight hundred against Jacksonville. I believe in them a little bit more than the bills after what we saw the Falcons do against the bills last week, obviously Buffalo certainly in play as well for a hundred bucks less than the Colts. But if you're, if you're going to the top, the higher end, I like uh, the Colts better than Buffalo yeah. this week. And Zach Wilson's been better the past couple of weeks and yeah, he, he could still go into Buffalo on Sunday and, you know, throw three interceptions, but he, he has been better. So I, I do, I think the Colts and I, I mean, the, I think the bucks are possibly my, favorite play. I mean, they're the most expensive. Um, we just saw them. They had seven sacks in that first meeting against Carolina a couple weeks ago. They scored 16 DraftKings points in that game without scoring a defensive touchdown. Uh, the upside there is, is totally the matchup with the Panthers who could go up against any defense and, and give you points. So I, I worry about the players missing, but the matchup certainly keeps the Bucks in play. That'll do it for this week 18 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com to get more player recommendations. If you're a DS insider, you can check out Jared's cash game picks as well as top GPP options from Corey Bushland. You can also mess around with the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of our projections and the fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and other formats, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord. You can find the link to do that in the description for this podcast. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shaw saying thanks so much for speaking with us.